Okay, if I, if I come down on the floor, will y'all be able to see me? I'm tired, I'm a little, I've been losing weight. That wasn't funny. That's for real. Right? I mean, I lost about 10 pounds before I got started. So, you guys know what I'm talking about. Girls, don't think about it. But, man, I am excited to be here so much. I, honestly... Half the time I like working with these guys behind me, David's plea, and most of the time. Um, but I, I'm excited for the weekend. I just got to tell you all, I want to be honest with you. Um, it's been a busy couple of months for me. Um, but I, I promise you, and I would have told you this anytime, really. Uh, God has been orchestrating this event long before any of us knew we'd be here. Okay? And like long before I knew where Carrollton was long before I knew uh, what would be going on this weekend, God knew. And he began to put things into motion that really, if any of us had tried to put a hand in, it wouldn't have worked out right. And so I'm excited to be here. I just want to be, I, I feel better if we know each other. So I'm, I'm going to, my name's Silas and your name is? Okay. And so at some point this weekend, hopefully you'll come and get to see me. I know I've seen some of you at CETA before. But most of you, I don't know. And so hopefully by the end of this week, it'll change. Um, y'all can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter. I think I Instagram. I don't know. My kids play with my phone sometimes, and so I probably do. I think I have two Twitters because I couldn't remember the password on one, and now my wife adds me to her Instagram, and it's at Sapo 71 or at Silas Poe, and it's the same person, but I don't know. It's like an identity crisis I went through in the early 2011. So anyway, I, I'm married. I've been married 11 years this past December. Yeah, it's 11 years. And um, we have three boys, Jacob, Ty, and Kyle. They're amazing. I was, I was hoping to bring them with me so you could meet them. My wife has this flu that's going around that like lasts weeks at a time. And I, just to be honest, she's been telling me how tired she was and I was worried she might be pregnant. But She's not, and that might be too much for y'all, but I was sweating it because I'm done with diapers, okay? And um, so, it's right, and she's not, it's the flu, so um, but we would have loved whatever happened, okay? Not, no, anyway, so um, I feel, are y'all okay over here? Because I feel like, I'm sorry. Um, Anyway, I was going to bring Jacob with me after that, and I was like, Jacob, you want to go to Dallas with me? And he's like, I don't know, I have basketball practice. I was like, it's just practice. And he's like, practice? Dad, it's, it's practice. I got work to do. I got work. I was like, excuse me, LeBron? <laughs> like he's got game or something. He's got a, a brother that's like 19 months older, younger than him and owns him every chance he gets. And I mean, Jacob tries hard, and Ty's trying not very hard and still doing. Anyway, I love my boys. Uh, There's a chance you'll get to meet one of them tomorrow night via video technology, but excited about it. I want us us to, um, I like to think that I'm a funny guy. I look funny. Um, And and as we talk to each other, you're probably, as I look at you, are going to look behind you and think I'm talking to someone behind you, but I'm not. The Lord blessed me with a lazy eye. And those of you who aren't familiar with somebody with a lazy eye means I can control one at a time. 
There's one going to be looking at you, and one's going to drift off. But I'm not looking behind you, so don't get like freaky Jason, Freddy Krueger freaked out type. Somebody's coming up behind you. It's just the way my eyes work. Okay? So I'm excited. I want us to make a pact together, okay? You guys know me. You know my wife. You know my kids. Uh, I'll share more about me uh, tomorrow and more about what God's doing in my life. But I want to make a deal with you is that I'll be as honest with you as you are with me. And I promise you that if we're all honest with each other and honest before the Lord, he's going to do something in your life. That's a guarantee. Not because I said so, but because it's the truth. And so um, we, we have this theme of strong tower. And, and I don't know about you, but when I think of a strong tower... I mean, this is the best picture I could think of, really. And even if I had all the Legos in the world, I don't know if I could do this. Um, I don't like Legos. But what's the point, guys and girls, what's the need for a strong tower? Why do we need a strong tower? I think oftentimes, because, you know, we live in these houses, most of us do. Some of us may live in a van or something cool like that. But we, we, we lose sight of the fact that if you're a believer today in Jesus Christ, and here, listen, even if you're not, you're involved in an epic battle, okay? And it's already been said what? But the battle's been won, okay? The war has been won, but the battle goes on. And I'll tell you this much, you don't know how desperate you are for the strong tower until it's in your front yard. I guarantee you guys, if we lived in Iraq or Afghanistan or Iran, or somewhere that fighting takes place every day, we would know the urgency for a strong tower, or a place that we could run to to seek refuge or to find safety. We live in Carrollton, Texas, or I can't decide if Hebron was a city, or as I've told it was not. They all run together, like when your peas and carrots get on the same plate. Anyway... I live in Lubbock, but here's the deal. I I don't know what war's like, okay? I can watch 300, or I can watch a movie and try to get some idea of what it's like, but I really don't know what war is like. But I want you to understand, students, that the sooner you realize your desperate need for a strong tower, and a strong tower being God the Father, the sooner you're going to realize that things in your life are going to get somewhat easier. I say easier, you're going to be able to deal with them better. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow also. But what it all comes down to is understanding your desperate need for Jesus. And that's where we're going to go tonight. I want you to understand, y'all, you live in Texas, okay? If you didn't grow up here, I don't know. But right now you live in Texas and the chances are pretty good you've heard the name Jesus before, right? Maybe somebody said it when they got mad, like Jesus Christ or something like that. But you've heard the name of Jesus before. Truth be told, you probably know a lot of facts about who Jesus is. You know that he was probably, you hopefully, know that he's been called the son of God. Okay, you know that he, something had to do with a cross because you've been to church for Easter. You know that he was born in a manger. You don't really know what a manger looks like, but you know that it happened and he came as a baby. You know these facts about Jesus, but really when we talk about really knowing him, that's probably not there. For most of us it is. For some of us, it may not be. But I want you to understand, it's not complex. You don't have to have a a degree in Bible or theology degree to really fully understand and to know who Jesus is. Now, I can tell you a lot of facts about 
Kobe Bryant. I don't, but I don't know Kobe Bryant. I mean, he's old. He's losing some verticality. Is this hurting a little bit? All right, and his team's not very good right now. But at one point, he was great. He's never going to be better than Michael Jordan, but he was good. Okay? So I don't know Kobe Bryant. Okay? Here's the deal. I want you to know that I know the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to vision with me for just a second this idea of God the Father sending his son. Like, I love my boys. I love, but there's not one of my boys I would spare for any one of you. And that's just real, okay? But God, knowing this battle that we would take on, this battle that we would be involved in, here's the deal. I don't know, this doesn't preach very well in some churches, but if you want to know Jesus more and you want to walk with Christ, the promise to you is that if you belong to Christ, you will be persecuted, right? Why don't you ever see that on like a precious moments, little lamb and a, a little lady, <laughs> like, like blood coming out. I don't, I don't know. You, know. you never see that on like painted on the nursery wall. You've got Noah's Ark, which was a trip anyway, right? I mean, God's judgment on the world at the time was a flood. And let's put two by two. It'll be so precious. Little Joey will love it, right? You, but you never see this idea of persecution, but it's going to happen. And so here's the deal, students, adults, we've got to come to a place where we understand not when or if, not if, but when, excuse me, not if it's going to happen, but when is it going to happen? And it can come in different forms. Okay. It doesn't have to be very like outspoken, like you're going to have to put your life on the line. You might, But here's the deal. If that time comes for me and it's going to come, I want to know where I can reach safety. I want to know where I can go to be safe. I want to know what place can I be that is unpenetrable. It's solid. There's no way it's falling. There's no way anything gets through it. I want to know where that place is. All right? Here's the deal. If you have your Bible with you, I want you to open up real quick. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be hopefully up on the screen. I think it will. Matthew chapter 4. I want you to understand that Jesus, we agree, was 100% man. Right? If you agree, raise your hand. If you're not sure, put your hand down. Most of you should still have your hands up if you're paying attention. Okay, so let's try this again. If you agree Jesus was 100% man, raise your hand. If you're not sure, put your hand down. Everybody's pretty sure, okay? If you think he was 100% God, raise your hand. If you think he was both, raise both hands. If you're not real sure, it's okay. I'm going to tell you, he was both. 100% God, 100% man. But there came points in Jesus' fleshly body, in Jesus' ministry, that he was even tempted by the devil. Okay? This is the... First time that we read in scripture, Matthew chapter 4, where Jesus has just come from one of the highest points of his life. Jesus has just gone through something that was so important to him as an example of what a Christian should be like. Okay? Do you know what it was? Who wants to guess? It involved water and dunking. Oh, wait. Sorry. Yeah. And sprinkling. I don't know. We're in a Methodist church, so it gets kind of skewed a little... (laughs) Right? 
Right, he was baptized, and then he goes into this desert, okay? And Jesus, man, he's 100% God, but he's also 100% man. And let's just read through the text. We're going to work through it together, okay? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to the tempted, and tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I honestly have been on this little diet over the last, it feels like forever. All right? Where I only get to eat protein, which is like meats and beans. That's really all. And eggs. I'll tell y'all, man, it's getting boring. And... It, some, it, it works right now, okay? But anyway, if somebody were to come walk in here right now and have a pizza, pizza, or a piece of pizza, not the whole thing, man, I'd be like a dog on meat. I would be hungry. That's what I would want. Jesus has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and the enemy shows up like, you got to be hungry. You're human. And Jesus says, he runs a meat, and look, it doesn't say it here, but where does he go immediately? He goes to the Word. He goes to Scripture. He goes to a place where he knows he's safe, and he says, man can't live on bread alone, but by the Word of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written. He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear, up, bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. It's like he went at him at one angle and Jesus found refuge. He goes at him from another angle and Jesus is going back to the word immediately. Students, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm faced with issues, the Bible's not the first place I go. A lot of times, if we're being honest and I have a problem, I'll be like, what would you do if you were me? I'll ask a buddy. I mean, my wife's amazing, right? I mean, I'm married way over my head. Way over, right? Y'all friend me on Facebook, you'll see. Ask these guys who know me, you'll see. I ask her, what would you do if you were me? And you know what she says? What would Jesus do? Well, I'm asking you. (laughs) You're not Jesus, but what would Jesus do? Anyway. Why is it, guys, and we're going to talk about this tomorrow morning also, but why is it that we don't immediately, when confronted with a problem or temptation, default immediately to the Scripture? Default immediately to the Father. Run fast as we can, like our lives depended on it, to Jesus. Because we think we got this. We live in a society that's like, look, you don't like it that way, fix it. You don't like what's going on, do it your way. Jesus who is God, is in a place where he's like, I need the Father, I need the Word, I need to go, I need to know. Again, last thing he says, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, and this is funny to me, and I'll tell you why in just a second. All these I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. I mean, Jesus is looking over all of these things, and I don't want to get too complex right now. Follow me. Look at me. Look at me. 
but he made it all. <laughs> right? He, he made every bit of it. And he's not, he's not going to Satan and he's not saying, you want me to worship you for all this stuff? I made it. No, he's like, no, you know what? <sighs> what is this text that you shall worship the Lord your God and him only? And here's the part that I've overlooked so many times as I've read through this text. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Now, I can honestly tell you, I don't know that I've ever seen an angel with physical eyes, okay? But I can guarantee you there have been times in my life that I have been ministered to by angels, okay? Jesus, Lord over all, tempted three times after one of the greatest parts of his times in his whole life, tempted by these, this enemy. And then after he goes through all these things, after he finds refuge in the word, after he finds solace in the scriptures, what happens? After he stands firm, what happens? Angels come and minister to him. Angels come and are ministering to him. He found refuge in them. Here's what I want us to understand. If Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, the one who shares the Trinity with God, the Alpha and Omega, had to run to the Scripture for solace and refuge, had to run to God the Father for solace and refuge, what makes us think that we don't? What is it about us, students, look at me, and adults, that says, I got this. I know a way out. Yeah, things are bad right now, but I know what my friend did when they were in this situation. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like we're just walking through life with blinders and a cane. And whatever we hit, that's where we go. When Jesus is like, let me take the blinders away and I want you to see. Most of you, most of you in here, if not all of you, have seen Jesus do something miraculous in your lifetime. And just let me be honest with you, okay? Because I've seen all three of my kids be born. If you're taking air into your lungs right now and your heart's beating, that's a miracle. Yeah, that's what I just said. You are a miracle. You're like, well, it was a healthy pregnancy. And mom and dad, they took me to the hospital at 8.55 p.m. on March the 3rd. It was a great day. I remember it well. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you're a miracle. I, let that sink in for a second. God spared no expense for you. Knowing full well all the things you would do, everything you do, the things you do in secret. God knew full well what was going on. When it came to me, he was like, okay, well, here we go. We're going to move that eye just a little bit this way. And we're going to give him some freckles and a head that's disproportionate to his body and hair everywhere like a bear. That's me. That's what God did, okay? Ain't no lie, okay? Ryan Gosling. Right here. Okay? Don't whatever me, girls. I heard you in your heads. Y'all were like, whatever. Believe that. Here's, look at times in Scripture. I want to take Peter, for example, okay? 
Peter, who Jesus himself said was one of the greatest. Okay? When he was close to Jesus, did amazing things. When he got away from Jesus, he did some really dumb things. Okay? Do y'all remember the story of Jesus and Peter, Peter walking on water? Okay, let me just walk you through it, okay? They're, they're out fishing or they're out in the middle of this lake at one point and it's crazy busy, all right? The, la- the ocean or the lake is at flood stage, all right? If you've ever seen Deadliest Catch, anybody? That's what it was like, okay? And then all of a sudden, they're like, what is that? And they're like, it might be a ghost. I don't know what it is. And Peter's like, that's Jesus. But he's not real sure because he's Peter, He's like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to get out of the boat and I'll walk to you. So Jesus is like, okay, we'll get out and come on. So Peter's like, (laughs) walking on water, right? I tried walking on water, I sink quick. Okay. (laughs) Peter's walking, all of a sudden this wave comes. It probably has like a shark in it or something. I don't know. He sees these waves and he's like, oh no, oh no, oh my gosh, oh no. And what happens? What happens? He sinks. He starts sinking immediately. Keep in mind here, what was Peter's job? Does anyone know? Right. He was a fisherman. Don't you think on the application to be a fisherman, you've got to know how to swim? Right? But make no mistake about it, students, adults, listen. When Peter began to sink, he didn't go, I'm an expert swimmer. I know how to swim. I could beat Michael Phelps at a race. Peter didn't think to himself. His default wasn't, I got this. His default was to immediately reach up to Jesus. He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus picks him up and puts him back in the boat. Peter was close to him. Then the waves got too big, Peter got away from him, and he sunk. Okay? Fast forward a few years. Peter's in this place where he's like, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll never fail you. I'll always be with you. Lord, no, you don't wash. I can't wash your feet. Lord, wash my whole body. Peter feels so close to the Lord. And then it doesn't take long. And and you know the story, hopefully, maybe, I don't know. That Peter begins to like lose confidence. And these Roman soldiers come up to him, do you know Jesus? He's like, no, I don't. He's like, wait, 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 I saw you with him. I think you were with him. Peter's like, it wasn't me. And then it gets a little R-rated. They're like, no, you were there. Peter's like, no, I wasn't. Peter's close. He gets far away. Students, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm more like Peter than I am like Jesus. Most of the time. I, I feel so close to him. At times we come in here and we worship, and I, I want you to be understanding, okay? I want you to understand that you just worshiped four very, very powerful things to the Lord. And we're going to talk about it in just a second. But I don't know about you, but when I come into a setting like this where other people are together and we're all singing together and we're worshiping together, that's when I feel closest to Jesus. Okay? There's times where my car won't start and my kids leave the water running in the sink in the bathroom and it floods the bathroom floor in every freaking drawer of the bathroom. 
There's times where we're late for school. We get a speeding ticket. I'm just describing my day, okay? That we don't feel close to Jesus. That we don't feel close to the Lord. But at no point should we go, I got this. I'm okay. No, the, the, the first thing that we should do is immediately go to the Father immediately go to the strong tower. But I think what we lose sight of is that we think that God's just accessible right away, that there's nowhere we have to go first. And students, I want you to understand that there is no way to get to the Father without going through the Son. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If this were the heavenly castle, and we were to approach the gate and say, we'd like to see God, the man at the front would go, who are you? They're like, well, I'm Silas. Okay, well, Silas, um, do you have anybody that will vouch for you? They're like, no, I got this. I'm here. Hello. I'm sure you've seen my football career, right? And you're like, no, no, no. And then the man's going to go, will anyone vouch for this one? And because of the decisions and the things that have happened in my life, Jesus is going to go, yeah, I knew him. I know him. He's mine. He belongs to me. He wants to go see God? Let him come in. Wait, he wants to go see daddy? Come on. Let's take him there. I don't know about you, but because of salvation, it's so sweet because it made a way for me to have a relationship with God the Father. Has anybody, let's just be honest, okay, I told you I'll be real, you be real with me. Anybody ever at any point in your whole life had just a really crazy day? Yeah. If your hand's not up, just get ready. (laughs) Okay? There's just been times where we're like, oh my gosh, how does this work? How do we do this? There's been days, man. We'll talk about it more tomorrow night. There's been days where I've been like, look, God, if you are there, there's no way you're loving. God, if you are who you say you are, there's no way you care about me. God, if you were who you say you are, my life would be better. My life would be different. We got in here tonight, we started singing, out, and, and you, you, I don't know, I didn't go around and look, are you singing, are you singing, are you singing, are you singing? I would assume that most of you were singing the lyrics on the screen. But I, I really want to ask you, did you mean what you said? Did you really mean what you said? Because... I know that for most of us, we have a strong tower that we go to. For most of us, okay, for most of us, our strong tower isn't God. For most of us, going to Jesus immediately does not come natural. For most of us, we find our refuge or our strength in possibly um, a friend, maybe a boyfriend or girlfriend, which is so crazy. I was going to use a bigger word, but it sounds like a cuss word, and I didn't want y'all to think I was cussing, so I didn't say that word. 
Some of you, I don't care how old you are, find refuge in a cigarette or alcohol or drugs of whatever kind it is. Some of you have been so damaged and so hurt that you're like, you know what, I'm going to get hurt anyway. I'll just hurt myself. Forget letting somebody else hurt me. I'm going to hurt me. And that's your dungeon. You're not in a safe place. You're not in a strong tower. You're trapped in the dungeon. All the while, Jesus wanting you to know how much he loves you. Jesus wanting you to know that there's one thing that remains. When everything else has come against you, there's one thing that remains. Most of you said, your love never fails, it never gives up. Did you just say that? It just is a catchy tune? Put some Bieber lyrics to it, it'll be awesome? No! That's truth! That's the key to the strong tower. That's saying to God, yet your love never fails, never runs out on me. It never, you never give up on me. When people give up on me, when I give up on myself, you never give up on me. The, the, next, the next thing you said was lead me to the cross where I... Love was found. Sounds good. Here, and, and I think it's true. I don't know. This is the line that always gets me, but bring me to my knees. I, I think some of us think we've got it all far too much together that we're not ever willing to go to our knees. It's not going to happen. Then we sang probably a song you're not familiar with, or maybe you are. And we ask the Holy Spirit to be welcome here. I I don't know about you, but he's here whether you like it or not. You can either welcome him or invite him and ask him to come, or you can turn and reject him. But he's here. I want you guys to understand that, that this isn't about me coming at you and saying, If you're not doing X, Y, Z, you're wrong because if you're not doing X, Y, Z, there's probably some relationship issues. That it's time for you to come to Jesus and define the relationship. And it's time for you to come before Jesus and say, look, I've been doing it on my own and I've been thinking I've got it all together and I'm failing miserably. And not only that, but my life, for lack of better words, sucks. I mean, it's a pretty dark outcome. Some of you would say, no, my life's great. I got a big house. My parents are rich. I get whatever I want. The problem with that is you think you've got it all together. Here's the deal. Everybody look at me. All right, pick an eye, pick a side. There's plenty of me to go around. But I want you to hear me. Everybody look at me because I'll see you if you're not. If you're looking at your phone, I'm about to snatch it up and break it. Everybody look at me. I don't know where you've been and I don't know what you've done, but what I can promise you tonight is that Jesus took it to the cross. I don't know what's going on in your life and I don't know who's hurt you or who's made you happy, but what I can tell you is that there is a father seated on his throne wanting nothing more than for you to crawl up into his lap and rest in his goodness.
Students, I want you to know that no matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter what storm you're facing, Jesus is ready to stand and say, peace be still. I want you to think just for a moment. Close your eyes. Everybody, we're not going to do raise your hand if you want to get saved. I'm not that dude, okay? But I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Adults, we're not going to sneak up on you. What would it look like tonight if you had walked into this room, no chairs, nobody in here, what would it look like if you had walked into this place and it been completely clear? No band, no castle, Nothing to look at. You in the room by yourself. And then you look up to the chair and you see God there. What would it look like for you to walk up to him, look him in the face, and just curl up? The older my boys have gotten, the less that they've done this. Keep your eyes closed. But whenever my boys get scared, I mean, my wife's amazing, but they don't run to her most of the time. I mean, if I'm not there, then she's the better default, okay? But if I'm there, they want the love of their father. They want to find the security in these arms. They want to find comfort in knowing that there is nothing that will be able to come against them. Students, adults, I want to ask you tonight just to crawl up into the lap of your father and let him love you. You're like, no, I'm too dirty for that. No, I'm not asking you to clean yourself up first. I'm asking you to crawl up into the lap of your father and sit there. Just rest there for a moment. Some of you might even say tonight, Silas, I don't even know the first thing what you're talking. I don't even know what it would mean to try to crawl up into his lap. Students, I want you to understand that if you ever want to get to a safe place in life, you're going to have to come to a place where Jesus is worth more than anything else. You're going to have to come to a place where you understand that because of sin, because of the sin that you've inherited, you are guilty. You're like, man, that's deep, man. Why do I have to be guilty? You're, because that's what God said. The thing is, is that God said, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans also says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ of our Lord. Some of you have gotten that gift. Some of you have had it placed before you. You've opened it and you, you live it. You rest in it and you know that you're saved. Some of you are going back and forth. You're like, well, maybe I am or maybe I'm not. I think I am or I think I'm not. Some of you go around calling yourself Christian, but you don't live like it. And Students, here's the deal. Good news for you. I'm not the judge. 
Jeff Dietz was never the judge. Your pastor, your parents aren't the judge. You've probably had some things spoken into your life that were flat out lies. The truth is tonight, between you and God the Father is, do you know Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him? Do you understand that because of your sin, Christ died for you on the cross? And amen that he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later and conquered sin and conquered death. Students, adults, if that doesn't resonate in your heart at some point in some way, I just want to invite you to find an adult or a college student and say, look, I'm not real sure about this. And if you are sure, if you are saved tonight, if you are in a place where you know that Jesus is Lord of your life and that God is your strong tower, then go to the strong tower tonight. Like Dusty said earlier, don't wait till tomorrow night. Don't wait till tomorrow morning. Come to a place tonight where you go to this strong tower and you begin to unload these things that have kept you from going, that have kept you from God. You begin to lay down these things that, quite frankly, are sin, are dirty, are awful. And Jesus is like, look, I don't care how you've been. I don't care where you've been. I want you to understand, I love you no matter what. I'm going to pray as the band plays. I want you to hear me. I want you to know this. If you want to come to a place that's safe, Paul tells us in Romans, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. That there's no weapon among earth or hell that can come against you in Christ. That there's no distance you could possibly go that's far enough out of the reach of Christ. I'm going to pray. And I don't care how you do it or what you do, but I want to give you an opportunity to just go to a place before God, if you need to take an adult, if you want to come get me or some one of these college students, and just say, look, I've got some things going on. Here's the beauty of God. You don't have to come out and spill everything on them. God knows. But I would encourage you to be honest and to be real and to speak these things out and to bury them Right now. Not tonight in your small groups. Right now. So I'm going to pray. The band's going to sing. You, you do business. And man, when you feel free, when you feel like you've done business, you stand and worship him because he is worthy of our praise. God, that's our confession. God, you are our strong tower. As the old hymn says, a mighty fortress is our God. And God, I pray that you would bring us to a place where we stay close, where we stay protected, where we stay connected with Jesus. And Father, I pray for those here tonight who don't know Jesus. They know facts about him, but they don't know who he is. I pray that it would be heavy on them. Holy Spirit, that you would be speaking 
grace to their heart and life into them. God, I pray for those that are in here who do know you. God, you've never given up on them. You've never lost your dedication to them. So God, I just pray that they would repent of their sin, whatever it is that keeps them from you. God, if it's worshiping other gods, if it's worshiping a friend or a person or a pastor or a coach or a teacher, whatever it is beside you, if it's an addiction to something, I pray that they would lay it down. That they would just come to you, Jesus, and they would say, we want to know you more. Take us to the cross. Take us to the place where your love pours out on us. Take us to the place where we can feel safe. Take us to the place where there's no worries or concerns because you're in control. Jesus, take us to the place where you are enough. Take us to the place where we cry out to you that you're sufficient to meet every need, that you've never left us or forsaken us, that you've been there throughout every storm, every trial, every joy. Because you love us. So, Father, I pray tonight, I pray for the one who's here who doesn't feel loved at all. And, God, that they would feel an uncontrollable, uncontrollable feeling of your love for them. God, I pray for the one here who doesn't know why you're doing what you're doing or why things are happening in their life. But I pray that even right now, it would make sense in some way. God, I pray for the girl here who doesn't feel pretty enough and doesn't feel like she's the right size, that you call her your daughter, that she's a princess of the Most High God, that she's a princess of the King. God, I pray for these guys that are here that don't feel like they're adequate enough, they don't feel like they're good enough, and that they'll never be good enough. I pray that you would call them prince, the same name you called Jesus, that they are your prince. God, not because it goes with our theme, but because it's true. Jesus, I pray that you would move in power. Have your way in our hearts tonight. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.